Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harrod here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, early on in the session today, our markets looked like they were going to show some resilience here. Uh, but as we got to the, about the noontime today, it looked to be a race to the bottom. Then the move lower really started, as surprise, surprise here, after Jay Powell spoke, which if you've tuned in with us here for a while, uh, we have been talking about this here for a long time. He doesn't exactly have a great track record when he is scheduled to speak. Now, I, I do think that that has gotten better over the la- the course of the last year or so because the market has been so strong. But his tenure, as his time as Fed chairman, when he speaks, the market loves to head lower. So not a huge surprise here today on seeing the sell-off, but the move lower may have happened either way, but it's certainly an interesting coincidence to see it happening again and again like this. And as he began speaking today, bond yields began moving higher, taking the market lower with it. And it's funny, I was talking to Kip about this just before Jay Powell went on, we were on the phone, and I said, I mean, meetings like this, I mean, he's been on TV for the last few weeks saying the same thing over and over again, and there's really been nothing new of substance that he has said. Now, I did say there's always that Easter egg in there that he throws, kind of throwing a wrench into the system, but other than that, he says the same thing over and over again, and it's pretty much what we got today. Nothing new of substance, really at all, but there were a couple things in there that I will point out, uh, but... I love this tweet from Howard Axelrod saying that the market is just tired of Jay Powell's relentless yammering on about nothing. Uh, And it's just, it's the truth. It's getting tougher and tougher to watch, really. And so he said today that the recent spike in bond yields did catch his attention. Big surprise. It's caught everybody's attention. But he also said that he's been talking about inflation for months now. It said that if we see inflation, we'll be patient, and that if inflation is set to rise, it will be temporary. He said that before as well. But the kind of the Easter egg that he had in here was that the Fed knows the dangers of inflation, and they won't allow that to happen. Well, that seems a little contradictory there. You've been talking about how frustrated you were that you couldn't get inflation above 2%. Literally for months has been saying this, saying that he wanted to see more inflation, but now he's talking about the dangers of inflation. So that's where you could see how that can be misinterpreted in the market. Um, and as we've said here about Jay Powell for a long time, you know, he, he kind of went off script with that comment there. So Jay Powell, if you're going to go on, stick to the script, man. Just don't answer questions, stick to the script, and then unplug the microphone. And that's all we need from you. That, that's really it. Um, but he also went on to say that we're unlikely to see maximum um, employment, which might have been part of, of what sent the market lower as well. But in reality, the Fed isn't a job creator. They, yes, they can help foster an environment of, of job creation to some extent, but Ultimately, that isn't up to him. Kind of reminded me of when Obama was talking about Trump and, and his 
claims before he was elected of how he was going to create jobs. And Obama said, what's, what's this magic wand that he has that he's going to create jobs? Well, Trump went on to create one of the best economic environments in 50, 60 years in this country. So it is possible and it really isn't up to the politicians to make it happen. It's up to them to get out of our way. And it just doesn't feel like that's what Jay Powell is doing here. Um, really, at the end of this meeting, it kind of felt like the market was, or like Jay Powell was challenging the market to sell off because uh, he really hasn't offered many of the things that many who watch the Fed and the markets are looking for. Howard noted this as well, saying, you know, the market wants to see yield curve control, especially after the spike that we've gotten in yields now. So until that happens and the market's going to could continue demanding that we get some sort of control there. And until that time, we could see more selling. Now, that's that's speculation there. Um, but it certainly seems like that's what's happening here. You think about it back to the last few stimulus deals ahead of them being passed, which this stimulus deal is also being held up in the Senate right now, needs to be passed before March 14th, before some of those uh, benefits expire. So we got about 10 days left on that. And what, I, what I'm really, uh, to go back to that point really fast though, that's what we've seen with stimulus and with Fed deals. You get a market sell-off, forces them to act, and then we're back off to the races nobody's asking for more stimulus when the market's at all-time highs. Yields could be higher and the markets were at all-time highs. Nobody would really be asking for yield curve control. So this is the market telling the Fed, telling us that we need to see some action here uh, or else we're going to keep selling this thing. But what I have a hard time wrapping my head around personally is why we have allowed politicians and especially, I mean, Fed members too – to become celebrities now. I mean, obviously, it's what they want. You know, the Dr. Fauci's of the world, the bureaucrats, that all they care about is the attention and the power. But that's not what's in our best interest. So why do we allow this to happen? And we did allow it to happen by not speaking up more about it, uh, continuing to elect these people despite realizing their flaws. So this is what we get. At the end of the day, we got to take some responsibility here. And instead of getting the transparency that we want from these groups, we've just allowed them to continue. And we saw it with Jay Powell today. Instead of transparency, we get more Fed speak, just purely for the sake of speaking. Um, it, it, it is what it is. Um, but these bureaucratic institutions, like the Fed, are not going to act until they're forced to. So, we could see a little bit more pressure from the market on that. But long-term, folks, we remain bullish on this market, and we're going to continue to use this pullback as a buying opportunity here. Um, that's that's how we plan to play it. Again, our main theme, liquidity in this system right now. When you have 20, and after the stimulus deal, $22 trillion in global stimulus, that makes it, pretty hard for the markets to really head lower from here. So let's take a look at our markets on the day-to-day. The Russell 2000 led the way lower, down 2.76% to 2,146. We were followed there by the NASDAQ, down 2.11% on the day to 12,723. And 
I do want to point out the NASDAQ is now in correction territory. So 10% off of its highs from its all-time highs, which was February 12th. And on a technical basis, breaking below the lows of February, which we've seen now, is not what we want to see. There's a lot of you know technical traders out there who get worried about that. And we've seen it in the semis as well. The semis finished down... Uh, Almost 5% on the day-to-day, so not what you want to see. They also broke down below their lows from late January as well, so another technical breakdown there. I will say that the level that we're at right now, if you look at it on a chart going back, it did. It was used as some resistance in December there. So yesterday's resistance becomes today's support, so we'd love to see those levels hold there. Uh, but overall, again, not, not really what you want to see today with tech helping lead the way lower, semis down 5%, uh, not great action there. We were followed by the S&P 500 down 1.34% to 3,768. And lastly here, the Dow down 1.11% to 30,924. Looking at our internals on the day, we finished negative across the board here. Let me get a quick refresh uh, get the final numbers. Uh, declining stocks, beating out advancing, roughly just over four to one negative on the day today. New 52 week highs and lows. We're able to come in positive on the NYSE. That was the only positive reading that we got here today, but negative on the NASDAQ as well. Uh, on the NYSE, uh, volume, declining volume, beating out advancing, roughly two to one negative on the day today. And then lastly, the NASDAQ, roughly 4 to 1 negative on the day-to-day for volume. So not great readings from our internals there. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Oh, sorry, our sector watch. We finished with two out of our 11 sectors higher on the day-to-day. Energy, oil had a strong day-to-day. If you want to talk about a flight to safety, we really didn't see it. Bond yields were higher. Markets were down. A lot of our sectors down. Oil, though, was up pretty big, and I'll get to that more here in a second, but the energy sector led the way higher. Uh, One other sector was communication services, just barely higher on the day, basically flat. And then our laggards on the day, tech led the way lower. Again, not what you want to see there uh, if you're bullish, followed by materials, consumer discretionary, and industrials. And then lastly for today, our VRA commodity watch, uh, precious metals as well. Again, no flight to safety trade here. Gold now down 1.13% to 1696 Silver down a bigger 3.69% to $25.41 an ounce. Copper down even more, 4.85%. Back below $4 a pound, just barely though. And again, these this is one of those groups, precious metals and copper, we remain extremely bullish on here. Uh, if you want to talk about the Green New Deal, Copper is going to play a big part in that. Uh, so we continue to see it's a, had a phenomenal move so far. But again, back below $4 a pound at $3.94 a pound. And as I mentioned earlier, oil, our one winner on the day, now up a nice 4.85% to $64.25 an ounce. And we've been talking about this move for a while here. Very similar to Copper. Green New Deal activists in the Biden administration, they want to get their solar and wind projects built. But with oil at low prices, like we saw last year, 
that it just doesn't make financial sense to use solar and wind at those prices. So they need oil higher, which is exactly why they're shutting it down here in the United States. Let the other countries do it. Sure, they can get a free pass on whatever they want. Even in uh, the the Paris Climate Accord, you know, let China do what they want with coal. Let Russia do what they want with their pipelines. But here, we're going to shut it down. Uh, uh, that's a we can do a whole podcast on that. Not going to get into it fully today. But the the moral of the story is they need oil high to make solar and wind profitable. So we continue to believe that we're going to see oil hit probably a hundred dollars a barrel over the next twelve to sixteen months or so, and really. We're moving quickly on that timeline. I mean, it wasn't long ago that we were at $50 a barrel. Again, now we're at $64.25 a barrel here. Lastly for today, Bitcoin. Again, no flight to safety here. Bitcoin now down 4.86%, back below 50000 at $48,033 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive excuse me, our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com, click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.